0: is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: Friday is for the winners. That's right. And Joseph Harrison, Fortinbaugh, the fourth was doling out winners last night. Love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. It is Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. And on SiriusXM Channel 80, the bigger issue, though, is the Eagles are 2-0 and people are still complaining about it. It is just the start of a massive Football Friday program. Joseph, I just could not get enough of my alert going off last night a couple of times. Winner, winner, winner. Just handed them out like it's candy on Halloween. I love we- it. We had a lovely evening, an
1: absolutely yes, lovely evening. We will recap this later. The over came through for us, Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts' longest reception. We cashed that in the first quarter, no doubt. Uh, did get greedy there at the end on the group text. We were all looking for the Kirk Cousins interception. That was the, the elusive one, the one that got away. But uh, we will live to fight another day on Kirk Cousins. Overall, it was a profitable night, but we, we got to move past that. We got to turn our attention to Saturday and Sunday and we might even have a Lockedini for this evening. Ooh. Not no promises,
2: but there is college football. But you and I, we're men of the people, and we're going to continue to take care of the people. And as we said, though, Friday is for the winners, and that's yes. why you are here with Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, on Sirius XM Channel 80. Listen, I, I just I don't get it. I, I've heard so many people talk about how the Eagles don't look great. They're 2-0 and o people. They are still, still the best team in the NFC and it's not even worth discussing at this point. I get where people are coming from with the idea of they haven't looked as great as they should and they should look purely dominant all the time. Hey, this is a team that went up against a very difficult defense in week one and last night they rushed for 260 yards. What more do you want? A lot of people will see Two gentlemen
1: on a radio show like this, they'll assume every topic we're going to be combatants in ancient Rome, fighting to the death. Not always. I'm in lockstep with you here and not even because I'm an Eagles fan. We are a nation of complainers. We look to complain at every single turn. We look to find the flaw in just about everything rather than sit back and admire the beauty every now and again. When it comes to Philadelphia, there's not a whole lot you need to be worried about right now. To your point, they're 2 and 0. Those 2 wins came against New England, a very good defense on the road in inclement weather. By the way, during that 60-minute game, the Eagles never trailed for a single second. Never once. But yet there was concern because the offense was a little sluggish early in the game. Okay, I can understand that. So here's game number two, a Thursday night game, which every player on Earth will tell you are some of the most difficult to play because of the quick turnaround for both preparation time and your body from a health standpoint. And what did they do? That was the playoff team last year in Minnesota. They rolled up 430 total yards, 34 total points. They held the ball for 39 minutes and 28 seconds, which is absolutely absurd. They had to go to a backup running back in in DeAndre Swift, who had a monster performance filling in for Kenneth Gainwell. So now the team's 2-0. and They're averaging 29 points per game. They have 10 days to get ready for a road date at Tampa Bay, which shouldn't be all that daunting. And then they'll follow that up with a home game against Washington, a road date against the Rams, and a road game against the Jets. I think everything's fine in Philadelphia.
2: Perfect? No. Fine?
1: More than more than that.
2: When you're 2-0 and and you haven't played your best, that's the best way to get better. It's honestly the best way to get better, and this is a team that already understands what they're supposed to do. Now, there was a little bit of a disconnect, seemingly, between A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts on the sideline, and from the outside, you would certainly believe that came down to A.J. Brown... Not getting the football last night. Here's Nick Sirianni on.
0: I didn't see what
1: was going on with that. We're just trying to manage the game. The conversations we have, I feel they're going to be private. And the conversations we have in, in, per, in, uh, in our locker room are going to be private. So y- y'all don't need to know what was going on right there
2: liar. Of course, you were right there on the sideline when it was happening. And what was the problem? The problem was that A.J. Brown wasn't getting the ball enough. They were running it 40 times. And Devontae Smith is catching bombs all over the place. So he wasn't happy when they're winning that he wasn't getting the ball enough. Is that a big issue? No, it's not a big issue. It's a guy that needs to get his priorities straight. This is, this is a concern, though. This
1: is something that's absolutely worth monitoring mm. because if you're a team guy, right, ultimate team guy, and you're winning and the team looks good and you're closing in on the end of the game, you're never going to be concerned about whether or not you got enough looks, enough touches, because the team is winning. When the team's winning and the offense is scoring and you have an issue with that, that becomes a little bit of a me guy situation. So we want to watch this moving forward. People really went nuts on the Stefan Diggs situation last year in the playoff game when Buffalo looked awful on offense, lost to Cincinnati, and he's screaming at Josh Allen on the sideline. You can understand. They yeah. couldn't score, they couldn't move the ball. He's a star wide receiver who's not doing enough to help the team. He needs a quarterback to get him the rock. Last night, If you look at it, A.J. Brown actually had more targets than Devontae Smith. Jalen Hurts went to him six times. Devontae Smith only had five targets. He just so happened to catch four of those for 131 yards and a touchdown. Things are good in Philadelphia, but this is where things can kind of spill over a little bit. They tried to get him his touchdown late. Rashad Penny had checked into the game at running back. He got called for the hold, so Brown's touchdown ends up getting negated. Obviously, there's some frustrations, but hopefully – the 2-0 and record, the fact that you will continue to get looks down the stretch, hopefully that's enough. But this is absolutely a situation
2: worth monitoring, is it not? No, not yet. No? Not yet. It's one game, and okay. if A.J. Brown is going to be like that, in that situation, that's on him. I don't expect, expect that to splinter anybody here. Uh, not when you have that kind of a game offensively, because when it's Stephon Diggs last year, and things are turning poorly for the buffalo bills and they haven't played anywhere near what they're capable of they were fortunate to get past miami we know what happened with cincinnati Diggs had every right to be upset when they're not moving the ball and he is getting fired up because he's not a part of it because he's their best playmaker right here they've got playmakers kind of all over the place and they're winning games and they're not having any trouble moving the ball offensively last night. You didn't get it. I'm sorry. That happens. You got 11 catches in two games. You got plenty of targets in two games. I don't expect that to be an issue unless it's where A.J. Brown isn't getting thrown the ball at all. That's not what's happening here because I don't think he has much of a leg to stand on where everybody else is just going to look at him like, dude, Sorry, it's one game where it didn't happen.
1: So where are we at right now? We've seen two games from Philadelphia, they're 2 and 0. If we really want to nitpick, we might be able to find an issue or two. We've only seen one game from San Francisco. They annihilated your Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm -hmm. They have a date with the Rams on the road this weekend. The Dallas Cowboys looked extraordinary blowing out the Giants on Sunday Night Football. They will host Zach Wilson and the Jets this weekend. Hierarchy in the NFC. Eagles defending champs.
2: Do they still deserve the number one spot? No question. I said it earlier, they're absolutely still the best team in the NFC because they have started 2-0, and and they have not played their best yet. What we saw from the 49ers was incredibly impressive last week. And I expect that they're going to handle the Rams pretty well. In a lot of ways, that will likely be a 49ers home game because that's just how it is in Los yep. Angeles. Um, I don't think there is any reason right now to knock the Eagles off the pedestal anytime soon. If they fall apart, if they splinter, we can talk about it. Right now, what? Because they haven't looked as good as everybody wants them to look? They, they just won the NFC Championship. They just went to the Super Bowl when I would say that it was probably early in the season, not necessarily expected. They still had major questions about the quarterback. And now I'm supposed to just knock them off when they've done what they're supposed to do? And win two games now. No. Some would say stop living in the past. They'd say you have
1: to assess for what's I'm happening living in the currently. now, too. They're, they're winning. Living in the now. I'd agree. I always subscribe to the boxing and UFC theory when it comes to this. If you're going to take the champ's belt you better overwhelmingly show us that you A, can beat the champ or B, that the champ has fallen on tough times. The Eagles are the champs, the reigning champs, in the NFC. And if you want their belt, we haven't seen enough from them that they should be losing on the scorecards just yet. Great cases made by both San Francisco and Dallas. Great cases. In Dallas's case, it's certainly not enough. One game does not put you on top of anybody, given what we know about your history in the postseason. San Francisco's the intriguing one, because we've seen deep postseason runs, and they came out of the gates and had one of if not the most impressive wins in week one by taking on a good Steelers team in Pittsburgh and battering them pillar to post so that would be the argument if anyone was going to make it it's that it's San Francisco but I, I agree with you you can't take the champs belt unless you have a decisive victory on the cards or you go out and score that knockdown we've seen neither of that from the Niners just yet
2: yeah I truly won't take the Cowboys full-on seriously no. even if they go 16 and oh They could go 20-0, and and I still won't take it seriously. I'll still
1: sit there and say McCarthy's going to find a way at the parade to drop the trophy, break it, and Goodell's going to strip them of the championship. Like I'm, There's <laughs> there's just no world I'm
2: living in where I am accepting a Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl victory. Carla I'm sorry. Versus Joe, Carla versus <laughs> Joe, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection, one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. I would be remiss. I do want to go back through your winners from last night. I oh, just want to oh, make please, sure. Please. No, I'm a humble guy. Yeah. I, I want to make sure everybody understands this because when when you are sitting there and right out of the gate, you've got 60 yards receiving on the first drive from Devontae Smith, you're feeling pretty good. Oh, yeah. And that is outstanding when we had Devontae Smith, you gave us over 62 and a half yards. Check. And that was quick. I mean, 60 of it was quick, but you get the point. Jalen Hurts' longest completion over 38 and a half yards. Check. Over 48 and a half points. Check. And we got screwed on a Kirk Cousins interception? I mean, you know, the sun comes up every day and Kirk Cousins throws a pick. It's okay (laughs) that something strange happened last night that cost us you going 4-0. So here's the point. This is my new mantra for Friday's. Friday is for the winners. Friday is for the winners. And that's what that's what you are in the show. You have already
1: come up with like nine great t-shirt ideas for this show. Do you know that that big beautiful head of yours is just filled with t-shirt oh, ideas? You should have
2: been a t-shirt man. It ain't just putting up here, buddy boy. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. What's, the song? Joe What's the song? What's the song that's
1: always going on in your head? <laughs>
2: marketing we are just getting rolling we've got oh by the way more picks and pizza money coming up in just moments plus the Jets and the Cowboys on Sunday There's a lot of discussion about Kirk Cousins. Where did that come from with the Jets? Oh, that was this show earlier in the week. I don't mean to do this too much, but I'm going to do it early. Just to let you know, we're ahead of the curve on a lot of stuff. And this one was my part. We're very smart. We're very smart. We're very sophisticated. We're very classy.
1: We're one of those things, I think. Yeah, we're a part of one of those things.
2: Right, right. (laughs) Anyway, point being Sunday. How many points would the Jets actually have to score? in order to beat the Cowboys in Dallas. We'll discuss next on ESPN Radio
0: and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply
0: i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're hear us in conversation with business icons
1: Here we go. Back on track. Last night's Pizza Money's went three and one. We are up 1.75 units as a result. We do have one pending. We gave out a six point teaser yesterday with Philadelphia. That leg obviously cashed. The second half of that is now Buffalo minus two and a half. If the Bills beat the Raiders by three, that will be a winner. Overall, five and seven down 2.58 units. So we're going to try to make it back. We've got two for you. One's tonight. One is this weekend. Tonight, we're going to lay the 14 and a half with Maryland over Virginia. Virginia, very suspect on the defensive end. They gave up 49 to Tennessee. They gave up 36 to James Madison. They lost both those games. They're taking on a very high-powered Maryland offense that is getting better and better each week. Tua's brother is actually the quarterback in Maryland, so he's worth checking out tonight. They've hung 36, I believe, in each of their first two games, and I expect them to put up a big number tonight. So we're going to go Maryland minus 14 and a half over Virginia. Sunday, we're going to play under. 38-and-a-half in the Dallas Jets game. You don't need a lot of analysis here. It's Zach Wilson against the Dallas defense. It's the Jet defense against Dak Prescott and an offense led by Mike McCarthy that's going to want to run the ball, keep his own defense fresh and rested, and grind that clock down. 17-7 feels like an appropriate score there. So your first two pizza monies, Maryland minus 14-and-a-half over Virginia. That game is tonight. And then you've also got the under, 38-and-a-half in the Jets-Cowboys matchup.
0: I do want to make it very clear. Zach's our quarterback. Zach completely understood what was going down from the moment he took the huddle. You know, just the volume in his voice when he was making those calls, it just sounded different. It felt different.
1: I still would not go out there unless somehow, some way, which is not happening, they can get Tom Brady. Zach Wilson's my guy. If I'm the New York Jets, I have not heard an option this morning that makes more
2: sense to me than Zach Wilson as the starting quarterback for the Jets.
0: We got a lot of faith in Zach. We're really excited about his opportunity, but we're, we're rolling with Zach.
2: For now. For now, let's be clear. Five games, five games Zach Wilson has to try to keep the Jets on track and to just not screw it up, for the love of God. Don't screw it up. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Series XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. I want to start here for a second. One of the big problems with Zach Wilson outside of his play last year was the immaturity factor. The Idea that he wasn't necessarily putting in enough work and that after one of the horrible losses where he played just terribly, I believe it was New England, in New England, he said, well... I don't have anything to apologize for when he was asked that question to his teammates. And that rubbed a lot of them the wrong way. So there is trust that needs to be earned back here. Here is Zach on that topic yesterday. I don't think I need to think of it like that. You know, I think how I can go out there and play football will earn that trust back from those guys. You know,
1: I I would say I have a very good relationship with everybody in this locker room. You know, we joke around, we we lunch together, we go out for O-line QB dinners. And so, you know, I would always feel like the guys in this locker room have my back
0: just like I got their back.
2: And I think that's actually a pretty good answer because ultimately that is what's going to determine it, how he plays, how much he can actually do for them on offense. And it's again, it's not about anything other than not turning over the football and putting his defense in bad spots. If the Jets have any ability to run the ball and they have any ability to get the ball to Garrett Wilson in some space, it doesn't have to be on bombs as long as they're not bad decisions, Joe. Zach Wilson, I think, has a chance here to earn some of that respect back, especially with Aaron Rodgers backing him up with the fellow teammates. Work hard,
1: win some games, make some plays, all will be forgiven. Water under the bridge. You didn't commit some heinous crime that people will never get over. You were immature and you struggled and you didn't play well. People will forget that if in this situation you can rise above. You should be the first guy in the building in the morning and the last one to leave at night. Set the example. Set the example and set the tone for everybody else so they understand you mean business because they're taking it serious. That defense is taking it serious. The coaching staff, Garrett Wilson, and the rest of the offense, they're taking it serious. Show them you're a different guy. Show them and then go out and prove it. You're not going to need to throw for 400 yards against the Dallas Cowboys to win that game. You've got a great defense. Understand the playbook. Execute the game plan. Live to fight another day on third down if it's not there. Throw the ball away. Again, let the defense win the football game. Let the special team set the defense up. Don't make those big mistakes. So he's got a big opportunity here, and he's not going to be asked to do a whole lot. You know, Nick Foles in that Super Bowl against New England, they, they had to hang, what, 50 in that game in yeah. order to win? Foles had to play huge. He had to catch a touchdown for crying out loud. No one's asking Wilson to do that. Just put in the work. Go out there and execute, and all will be forgiven. That's the situation he's in. It's an ultimate, ultimate opportunity for redemption that a lot of guys don't get. Josh Rosen never really got another chance, it seemed like. Everywhere he went, he just couldn't make it work. Some guys flame out very quickly. Wilson has a beautiful chance here.
2: Hopefully for him, he doesn't squander it. Carlin versus Joe ESPN Radio SiriusXM XM Channel 80. With that in mind, if I'm Robert Sala, if I'm Nathaniel Hackett, here's how I'm positioning it. Joe, in the last 20 years, how many times do you think a top three defense has not made the playoffs? Last 20 years. Last 20 years. So we're talking about, during that stretch, 60 teams, okay? Um, The top three in scoring defense for the last 20 years, how many times has that team not made the playoffs? Let's just throw 10 out there. Okay. 10 times. The answer is six. Six? In essence, it happens 10% of the time over the last 20 years that a top three defense doesn't make the playoffs. I think you and I can both operate under the assumption that the Jets are going to have a top three defense this year. Certainly feels like it, and it certainly looked like it after week one. And what does it mean to me when we're talking about a team with a top three defense that doesn't make the playoffs? They're horrible offensively, and they screw it up offensively. And that's where, Zach, here are the numbers to back it up. Do you know how fortunate of a situation you are in right now? You can just come in and be a game manager, not have to live up to be in the number two pick in the draft. You can put everything behind you of the last two years, and you can go win right now with this defense. That, to me, is One of those numbers that can just drive home the point that this is all you need to do in order to get us home.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And if he's not able to do it, we saw a guy last night who completed 70% of his passes against that Philadelphia defense. He was playing behind a bad offensive line that continued to lose players due to injuries. Kirk Cousins, 364 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Minnesota 0-2 with the Chargers coming up. Zach Wilson, you got an opportunity, but if you squander that opportunity, you got to wonder how quickly the Jets turn their attention to a Vikings team that might, at some point in the very near future, if they start zero three, think maybe it's time to start thinking about Caleb
2: Williams. What's maybe the number it's time this week to get the position? What's, What's that? the number this week for the Jets to go to Dallas and to win the game? You've already projected by taking the under of thirty thirty eight and a half or thirty eight and, 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 yeah. and a half. Yeah, thirty eight and a half. Uh, that this will be a low-scoring game. So, what is the number that the Jets have to score to win this game?
1: If the, the I would say twenty. I think I think the Jets can win. Hold oh, on, let me rephrase that. Based on the way you asked that question, the Jets can win. I I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets won this game with seventeen points. Right. But I think you are going to absolutely have to get to twenty in order to pull it off. I
2: agree. I agree. Right? Are you right in that wheelhouse too? Yes. They would have a chance at 17 if the Jets score 20 points against the Cowboys. And by the way, I don't care how they get it. Like, no. if they score a defensive touchdown, fine. You can have 10 safeties <laughs> if you want. Sure. <laughs> yeah. 10 safeties get you to 20. <laughs> it also gets you the ball back each time. Listen, a, a thousand pennies. It's $10, <laughs> right? It's still $10. <laughs> However, you have to get there. But the point is, if you score 20 points and you don't put your team in bad situations, you can win a huge game on the road this week. A huge game on the road. Can you imagine what that would do for his confidence?
0: Oh, that for the team's
2: God, confidence in him? If he goes to Dallas, doesn't turn it over, throws for 170 yards and a touchdown? Yeah, complete 65% of your passes, 180 yards, one touchdown, no
1: interceptions, no fumbles. Maybe you take a couple sacks, so be it. Live to fight on another down. Third and eight, don't try to wedge it in there. Throw it away. Let your defense win the game. That's got to be the message from
2: Salah to him this week. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. There are a lot of teams that are in a must-win scenario this week. It's nuts. I understand. It's week two. But when you look at the big picture, going 0 2, not ideal. We'll get into the teams that absolutely have to win this week next on ESPN
0: Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. It's only a kick, oh, a jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle.
1: A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this, Adidas.
0: Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas,
2: the ultimate family vacation. To come back in my next life it wants to I, I just want to be a bench player in the NBA that doesn't have to do very much 48 million for four years for Jared Vanderbilt we don't need to get to that. it's Carla versus Joe CSPN either that or a fired college coach that's what I want to be
1: I would love, I would love that gig. You get like the seven-year, $64 million deal, and then you get fired by the end of the first season just for incompetence. Yes. Don't do anything wrong, like morally. Just be incompetent and then ride out the next six years on the beach.
2: You guys screwed up. You trusted me. Yeah, that's on you guys. That is totally on you. Okay. I didn't hire me. (laughs) I would never hire me. I know me, and I know I suck. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Which 0-1 team needs a win the most? Well, we were just talking about the Jets and the Cowboys, two 1-0 teams, but I do want to throw this in quickly. Aaron Rodgers today is going to be on the Pat McAfee Show at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN's YouTube channel. Just a quick promo there for that. But let's get to it. The 0-1 teams that need to win the most. Joe, Dear God, the New York Giants have got to win this week. They have to win against the Arizona Cardinals.
1: There is no 0-1-1 team in the NFL that needs a win worse than the Giants. That is not hyperbole. You are playing Arizona, projected by many, as the worst team in the NFL. You opened as a -a five-and-a-half-point favorite. That number's down to four, which is very alarming to me that the money's coming in on Arizona. You lose this game, and I know people will come out, well, mathematically, you're not eliminated. Yeah, you're eliminated. You lose this game. Week three, you're at San Francisco on Thursday night. Week four, you host Seattle. Then you're right back on the road for back-to-back games against Miami and Buffalo. You lose this game, your best case scenario is one in five through six, and yeah. then you're toast.
2: So, yeah, no one needs a win worse than Big Blue. Joe, tag the toe, zip the bag, close the drawer. It's over if all of that <laughs> happens. If the Giants graphic. lose this week, bag it. The season is done. Up next, how about the Bills and the Raiders? Dear God. If Buffalo loses to the Raiders, all hell is going to break loose. That game is up in Buffalo. Now, this feels like one of the easiest bounce-back games you can possibly have. But to me, I'm scared of the Bills right now. Josh Allen doesn't feel like he wants to change very much. Like, for instance, if I was in a survivor pool this week, this is not necessarily the direction I would be feeling great about going. Interesting. Interesting. I I don't think they're going to lose, but I don't know that I trust them. Wobbling the chair from underneath my legs.
1: Uh, That's the direction I'm looking at for Survivor. More on that later in the show if we want to break that down. Eight and a half point favorites here. Back-to-back road games for the Raiders to start the season. Nice win at Denver. How much of that's on the Raiders? How much is on Denver's ineptitude on offense? A little bit of both. Got to give the Raiders credit. But defensively, I think this is a get-right game for the Bills. You're going to be able to come out and sling the ball all over the lot against the Raider defense that, while improved, still isn't great. So I'm confident the Bills get through here. I'm not too worried because if they lose this game, then Monday we've got a show. We've yeah. got ourselves a show.
2: <laughs> we'll have a show either way, but dear yeah. God, we'll we'll really have a show come Monday. Uh, another one that I think is a very, very interesting spot, and that is the Bengals and the Ravens. Look, the Bengals cannot afford to go to 0-2 in the AFC North. Now, they did it last year, but I do think it's improved this year. I, I think if, you, if you're if you a team that goes to 0-2 in the AFC North, you're in some real trouble, and it's going to be very difficult to climb out of that hole, even if you do have Joe Burrow, because I think the Bengals are going to be looking around at each other saying, what's going on here yet again? We can't keep putting ourselves in bad situations, and that's exactly what they'd be doing.
1: Yeah, it wouldn't just be 0-2. It would be 0-2 with two divisional losses. Yeah, You'd great have lost point. in week one to Cleveland, and then you lose to the Ravens. So essentially, if Cleveland beats Pittsburgh on Monday night, and they're 2-0, you're and two and a half games back of both the Ravens and the Browns, and you're only two
2: weeks into the season. Right, and, and Pittsburgh, would, Pittsburgh would only be 0-1 in the division at that point. Correct.
1: So yeah, so you're sitting all the way in the hole there. Now,
2: can you rally from 0-2?
1: Yeah, Cincinnati's a very good football team, but when when you have Super Bowl aspirations, you're not looking to rally to get into the playoffs. You're looking to grab the number one seed so you get the bye week, and then everybody in the conference has to come through you to get to the Super Bowl. Like, I can understand Jacksonville just wanting to get in, or Miami just wanting to get in. You're trying to take a step forward in your maturation. If you're Cleveland, you want to get in. But if you're Cincinnati, Kansas City, Buffalo, and the Jets pre-Rodgers injury, you are looking to secure the number one seed. That's what it's all about, positioning. So if you're Cincinnati, yeah, you can be fine 0-2 in terms of getting to the playoffs. But in terms of winning the Super Bowl, you don't want to find yourself having to go to Arrowhead again or having to go to Ralph Wilson or having to go
2: through Baltimore or something of that nature. Last one, Steelers and Browns. We touched on it a bit, but more than anything for Pittsburgh, here's why it's a must win. So much is made of Mike Tomlin and what he has done to ensure that that team has not had a losing record on his watch. Last year, they started 2-6. and six. Okay, It was a tremendous comeback to even have a chance to make the playoffs with some help in Week 17. Or, or Week 18, I should say. Having said that, there are going to be some real questions about the Steelers when all throughout the preseason... We thought that they were going to be a pretty good team, and there's going to be real questions about Kenny Pickett if he continues to struggle, and a lot of those fingers are going to be pointed straight at Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator.
1: Okay, so I don't have the exact number on this, but I think I do. The Pittsburgh Steelers are coming off a very physical game against the San Francisco 49ers. Last season, if I'm not mistaken, teams that played the 49ers were 0-15 the week after playing them. Meaning, oh, wow. Like, yeah, this used to be the thing with the Steelers back in the aughts. You would play the Steelers. It would be such a physical matchup. It would right. take such a toll you would lose the following week. And I'm looking at it right now. With the Raiders lost to Kansas City, the season concludes with the opponents of the 49ers being 0-15 oh. the week after playing San Francisco. What an amazing stat that is. It's a physical game. It takes its toll on you. If Cleveland gets to 2-0, and the only radio show in the country including everything in Cleveland— Told you Cleveland, this one right here, told you Cleveland was going to be a force this year. You got to take him seriously. That would be a game. That's a lot for Pittsburgh to overcome because this is going to be another physical challenge with that Cleveland defense led by coordinator Jim Schwartz.
2: Top of the hour. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL insider is going to join us that 20 minutes from now. Up next, the ESPN Radio Pick'em Challenge is back. We didn't get off to the best of starts. Um, personally, I blame Joe. That's okay. Uh, we do hope to redeem ourselves in week two. It's next: Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
0: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This episode is brought to you by HyperIce, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. This is a challenge. Challenge. This is ESPN Radio's Pick'em Challenge.
2: All right. It did not get off to the best of starts. It's not a nightmare. We started week one, one and two. We won the Eagles game minus four against the Patriots. But we lost with the Bears. Nice job uh, against Green Bay. Bears were point. We, f- we flipped
1: on that one. Do you remember? I, I do. And I think Packers. it was me who
2: got us to flip.
1: That's, I'm not going to blame the big fella for that.
2: We're a team here. We we win together. We. Win I bailed on together. you yesterday. I couldn't do it quicker. Oh, these picks are all his, by the way. And then we won, and now they're ours. That was an abrupt left turn you took.
1: I mean, the second a, a drop of rain hit the deck of the ship, you thought we were going down, and it was man overboard. It was man <laughs> overboard. It's like, it's just rain, Carlin. It's not actually the ocean. I grabbed three life jackets. Three life jackets just floating out there. As buoyant as a manatee. Uh, are manatees buoyant? That's a great question. I actually don't know. I have I, no I don't idea. Know. I would think
2: not, since they kind of stay underneath water, right? I mean, if they were buoyant, you'd see them on top of the water. Right, they'd assuming. all be floating. If, I think if a manatee's floating, it's probably not a good sign.
1: Yeah, Just saying, it's not a good sign at all. Yeah, that's we, uh, that's you know that's probably for another another radio show. Maybe one that actually deals with wildlife.
2: Uh, we also had the Giants plus three and a half. Whose idea was that?
1: I, I, I for sure took a bath on that game. That that definitely yeah. was me. I don't know if you liked it as well. I know I liked it. I I think I was on Dallas last week, but that's okay. We both, you know, we both. All right. You know. those, those are the types of comments that lead to trouble. The, the types of comments <laughs> where I back you up and then you throw me right under the bus the first chance you get. That's Listen, where
2: the rift starts. These are the ABCs of me, pal. This is <laughs> this is what it is. You'll learn. You'll learn. So let's get to week two. Here's the deal. Freddie and Harry went 3-0. and Freddie is very good at this. He did well last year in this. Game night okay. with Q Myers, 2-1. and one. Then on sportsmanlike, Greeny and us all went 1-2, and two, as did Amber and Ian. Here's the problem with Greeny. Greeny does this this fugazi, you know, I'm trying to be cute So I'm going to pick against what my instincts are. And he ended up winning last year. So look, all of my instincts are to say this. So I'm going the other way. I'm going the opposite. See, to me, that's that's garbage. Go with your instincts. So you back up, step up. And back up your word. That's what I would think. I, beliefs. I am not as concerned
1: about the other teams as I am the individual tasked with picking these games. Liam, a program director, is the one that selects the games that we'll be choosing from. I find it to be very corrupt and very dirty. You think it's Very he's on the corrupt take? and very dirty. Where? Who? Where, why does? First of all, why does he get to pick the games? That's number one. Well, that's number a great two. Question. What's the process for picking these games? Are they being picked at random? Because I'm on radio and TV giving out picks all week. He could sit there, watch what I like, and then leave those games off. And I find this entire situation to be a bit stinky. It smells a bit.
2: Well, if I could speak to what the process is of selecting the games, I believe he picks the best games of the week as he sees them. He's British. Do we assume he has good taste? Fair. You just assume? Fair. Very fair on your part. He's not going to like this during
1: Tuesday's listening session.
2: No, I don't think so. Make sure we clip this. With, um.
1: with all the pizza money we're making, though, Joe, we can maybe slip something under the table to get the games we want, right?
2: Right. Like, that's what we should be doing.
1: It's like, Liam, how about... Well, if he's know it's corrupt, Martin, we can get him this, going. Yeah. You know, this uh, this Chicago-Tampa Bay game is a big one, okay? It's a real big one. Get it in there. Yeah. He's British. Have you followed what's happening in FIFA? He's definitely corrupt. <laughs> oh, all right, listen. We're going to bring too much heat down on this show, all right? Let's all just take it easy. Someone was supposed to stand up for Liam. All four of us threw him under the bus.
2: <laughs> As you said during the break, if there's one thing I can't stand or two things I can't stand, it's intolerance of other cultures and the British. <laughs> That's going to get – all right. right. Let's here get to it. O, here comes Owen three. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. Dolphins at Patriots. Dolphins three point favorites in New England. Tell me your initial thoughts, your initial instincts here, Cowboy. I like the under, but we're not allowed to bet that. We gotta play the side
1: here, so I don't know. Gut. Gut has me on. This is Sunday night football, right? Yes. I mean, I know I'm not supposed to lay three points with the Dolphins on the road for Sunday Night Football, but I cannot get behind this New England team.
2: The offense stinks. So I'm, I'm leaning to Miami. I'm leaning to Miami. I I'm, with My, I'm with you on Miami. I, right. I, I absolutely expect them to put up enough points to win this game. And I, It's amazing to me that I can continue to look at the same bad receivers year in and year out. All they do is change jerseys, but it seems like it's been the same player for the last eight years with the Patriots Belichick doesn't think they're important and he goes in and brings in Juju Schuster and now he's buried on the depth chart so yeah I'm with you we're going to go Dolphins right there in that scenario up next Chiefs and Jaguars I want to jump in real
1: quick I'm going to jump in real quick we're both on Miami there I think we should quietly put some money on New England
2: just I'm going to throw that out there so you're doing the greeny bit
1: I'm thinking that we we just picked Miami. We should we should bet New England.
2: Now back to Turn it into lose. a Carlin and Joe can't lose game. Yeah, if we right, win, let's come we're away. Right with on the air. Something if we here. lose, we're catching let's, let's come away with something here. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. All right. What do we got? There's one thing the big fella loves, it's to hedge. Uh Chiefs <laughs> minus three and a half against the Jaguars. Um, You know how I feel about this. I'm big on Jacksonville to win outright this week, but that's not the play. And certainly if the Jaguars are getting three and a half points at home, I, I know Kelsey's back, but I know Chris Jones is back. I still think the Jaguars have circled this one for a long time and have a point to prove this week. All right. I do like the Chiefs in a bounce back. Uh,
1: Ten days to get ready for this game. Coming off a loss to Detroit. Chris Jones coming back is big. Obviously, we talked about what his absence would mean. Him being on the field against this Jacksonville offensive line. Little suspect here. The starting right tackle from last year's Jacksonville team now plays for the Chiefs. Starting left tackle suspended the first four games of the season. So the Chiefs defense should be able to eat a little bit here. Since we're on opposite sides, I'll leave it to you. I will, I'll I'll play gracious host here, and I will defer to you. If you want to go with Jacksonville, I'm not going to be
2: all, all up in arms about it. We can go no, ahead and do that. No, because the safer play is the Chiefs. So I think we do need to make the safer play here just on that front. Okay. And once again, I will have something to point the finger at you about if you're yeah. wrong. That's so, what I was trying to do with you. That I wanted Jacksonville so I could blame you. No, we're taking the Chiefs. All right. Ravens Ed Bengals. Ravens at Cincinnati. Bengals three-point favorites. Do the Bengals bounce back this week? We are absolutely supposed to bet the Bengals here. Baltimore's off a win. They're
1: banged up in the secondary. Uh, they're banged up all over the place, actually. They lost what J.K. Dobbins at running back. Yep. Cincinnati off a loss. They're at home, yada, yada, yada. Like, everything points to Cincinnati here. Part of me likes the idea of getting the field goal with Baltimore. I don't think Cincinnati's just offensively going to flip the switch and look great this week after what we saw last week. Might be a tight game, and I want the point. So it's a lean to Baltimore right now. But I'm telling you, it's, it's probably supposed to be Cincinnati.
2: Uh, it is supposed to be Cincinnati, yeah. but is it, what are are you telling me that this is one of those games where it's telling us this is what we're supposed to do, and then it ends up kicking you in the pants? Yeah, exactly. That's what it I, feels like you're telling me. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. It, it,
1: there are teams that are that are absolutely in a situation where it looks like the big bounce back is coming. Like, that's right. what I think is happening with Kansas City. We just talked about that. I, I'm not so sure Cincinnati's bouncing back here. I think Baltimore's going to come. Baltimore's going to lay wood. This is going to be a tight game, and I'd want the three in my pocket
2: at the end because I think Baltimore's more than capable of winning this game outright. Well, I'm going to tell you this. Here's what you did last week, or last night, rather, with me. You bought credibility. You bought credibility. <laughs> you put three winners out there and the only game the only one that you lost in the prop bets was that Kirk Cousins would throw an interception and that is absolutely like saying you're going to take your next breath so i would say that you have earned the credibility that we will roll with the Ravens plus 3 so the picks you just would, want a fall guy you are just looking no, no, for a no, fall guy no 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 i do mean it i do well of course i'm going to point the finger at you but i do mean it when i say that last night you bought credibility Maybe you're on a heater. Maybe this is the beginning of one. So we are going to take the Dolphins minus three. We are going to take the Chiefs minus three and a half. And we are going to take the Ravens plus three in Cincinnati. Now, once again, just a reminder, if they're right, we collectively did it. If we're wrong, Fortinbaugh
0: is the name. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.